Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast where, with Matt Kelly, the coolest guy in compliance, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive into the weeds of a compliance or compliance-related topic. Before I get to this week's topic, uh, as you know, <clears throat> the Compliance Podcast Network is always on the lookout for new podcasts. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast but didn't know how? Well, if you've thought about it, please take a listen to this week's sponsor, One Stone Creative. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. In this rather somber episode, Matt Kelly and I take a look at the recent events in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, and explore them from the compliance perspective. We take a look at what, as a compliance officer, you need to do to prepare your organization for uh, such a tragedy, but also what happens when those within your organization engage in either uh, racist or hate-filled social media or other forms of communication. We take a look at the liability of companies who uh, do business uh, with uh, such third parties, how your organization is going to have to do much more than have active shooter drills to prepare itself from the uh, potential coming onslaughts of this sort of continued activity going As I said, unfortunately, this is something that uh, has now become almost ubiquitous in American society with the uh, mass shootings, and it's something you're going to have to prepare yourself to respond to going forward. Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network, and now a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance and the compliance evangelist, together with the coolest guy in compliance, Matt Kelly, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Today, we're going to honor the summer with a discussion around vacations, compliance, and what all that might mean for your CEO. So, Matt, first of all, welcome. Hello, Tom. It's good to be here, as always. So, uh, you were struck uh, enough by an action by the Delta C... CEO to actually blog about it last week. So why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, sure. So this was really interesting uh, that the CEO, Ed Bastian, um, he blew off a meeting with President Trump to go take a family vacation. And uh, apparently the backstory is that Bastian and several other airline CEOs, uh, they are unhappy with a foreign airline's subsidy of or a foreign government's subsidy of a competitor airline overseas that I think it's Air Italy is flying uh, more flights into the United States and uh, Air Italy is subsidized by the government of Qatar and so the airline CEOs here wanted to complain to President Trump that uh, they thought that was unfair competition could he help them out somehow and they wanted a meeting with President Trump and somewhat to their surprise apparently Uh, At the end of July, President Trump said, you know what, sure, let's meet. And uh, that meeting came together very quickly. And so Delta's CEO, Ed Bastian, realized that this would conflict with a long-planned family vacation. So he decided to skip the meeting with the president that he had lobbied hard for. 
Uh, and then the other CEOs of, I think, United and American, basically, um, you know, they went ahead without him. Uh, they met with the president. Uh, apparently, the president was not too happy that uh, Bastian had uh, skipped town to go on vacation with his family. Um, nonetheless, he heard out the airlines, and he did not give them much satisfaction. He told them to go use whatever complaint process already exists at the transportation department. Uh, all of that is backstory to really what a lot of people had glommed onto was that Bastian had decided to uh, put his family ahead of a very important business meeting because, as he had said, and let me see if I can dig up the quote right here, uh, he told this to employees. Um, the meeting was set up at the very last minute as I was heading out of the country with my family on a long-scheduled one-week vacation. Uh, my family makes a lot of sacrifices with Delta. I asked them to do a lot of things. I was, wasn't was about ready to ask them to cancel a long-scheduled vacation. And uh, Bastian has gotten a lot of praise for this, for keeping some perspective in work-life balance. And I thought it was a good, concrete example of how CEOs can set the tone at the top, which compliance officers talk about all the time. And I think we know what the top part of that phrase is, but I think we sometimes overlook the setting and tone words when we talk about setting the tone at the top. And I just liked the idea that here is Bastian saying there are some things more important than corporate success and performance. Spending time with family is one. Um, I think it's easy for us all to rally around them because we all like spending time with our family. I like spending time with my family at least like 75, 80% of the time. Um, but, you know, we all like that, and that's great. But I actually think that the more general precedent set is what is important for compliance officers to take away here is that, you know, he has said one thing at least is more important than corporate performance. So, therefore, we, the president has said that there could be other things more important than success at meeting your performance goals, like, say, ethics, other compliance issues, things like that. It was just a good um, concrete example for compliance officers to use to say, you know, here is a, this is the sort of thing that a CEO should try to do to um, exemplify good conduct, thoughtful, ethical behavior, keeping the company um, basically giving employees a sense of what is right and wrong. And yeah, I just I thought it was very good and very tangible. And it has nothing to do with any antipathy to President Trump. I don't know that I would ever take a meeting with the president, but um, this has got nothing to do with your personal politics. It's just regardless of whoever was in the office there, this was the Delta CEO saying there are some things more important than success at work. Spending time with my family is one. I am going to do that. So good for him. So, Matt, I'm going to have to uh, disagree with you on this one. Um, I found that his response was disingenuous at best. Um, the re meeting requested was by the airline industry, uh, including uh, CEO Bastion. When you request a meeting with the most powerful person in the world and the office of the most powerful person in the world, and that person uh, grants you a meeting, you go to that meeting. Um, I think most of our listeners know my thoughts on Trump as well as yours. Uh, I frankly don't care who sits in that office. You honor that office. 
and you honor that office if you're requesting a meeting for an issue that's of interest and important enough that you want to go talk to the president about it, you uh, you take that meeting. The fact that uh, he claimed he was going to have to cancel his fam- family's vacation, I completely reject that. His family could have gone on vacation. When you sign up to be CEO, you shoulder a burden that is well beyond the uh, average employee's burden and, indeed, senior leadership's burden. And the family shoulders that burden as well. And part of that burden is uh, that you represent the company and you're the face of the company. And when the most important office in the world says, yeah, I'm going to take your meeting that you've asked for, uh, you have to make sacrifices, you do that. Uh, that's that's just comes with the territory. And I don't think he was setting a tone. Uh, I think if uh, the tone was that, well, certainly if you request a meeting with me and it turns out uh, I grant that because I have time on my schedule, but uh, you go on a family vacation, uh, I don't think uh, anyone at Delta up to and including the CEO would put up with that. So uh, I reject that it's setting an example. He did not say in his statement that I'm doing this because to model the values of Delta, that I'm doing this for uh, the policies and procedures of Delta. He said, I'm doing this for me. Yes, uh, it is certainly important to have quality time with your family, but uh, in the role that he has accepted and chosen to accept, he's going to have to make those sacrifices for the tenure of his CEO Dency at uh, Delta. The um, message uh, really I took away was not uh, the sort of positive message that you took away. Now, I don't want to, although I've ranted for a while, I still think Delta is one of the best-run companies, and I think their values are those that we should um, strive to put forward out into the corporate world as well. And if I could maybe step back for a moment from my rant to actually talk about a different set of circumstances where I thought Delta not only modeled values, its values, but it demonstrated a way that corporations can uh, have accountability to their customer base, which is not the Delta flying public, it's the flying public. And this was a story that came out of Oklahoma in June where a group of fifth graders we're traveling to uh, our nation's capital for, uh, uh, I think many fifth graders get to do that, get to go to Washington. And their uh, flight to Richmond, they were flying to Richmond because it was a cheaper ticket for them, was canceled by American Airlines. And American did not uh, reschedule them to fly out later that day. Uh, within that day, Delta agents heard about this situation. They contacted the company's headquarters in Atlanta and flew a spare aircraft to Oklahoma City to fly the uh, group of fifth graders directly to Richmond. And I thought that was an example of multiple things that I would really hold uh, Delta does extraordinarily well, which was they were accountable to the flying public, number one. Number two, they modeled the values of a good corporate citizen. But three, they had people who in Oklahoma City recognized that there had been a transportation failure, and even though it was not a Delta flight, they reached out to their immediate superiors and received permission. So middle management made the right decision, and at Delta's cost, flew a plane to Oklahoma City, then took the fifth graders on to um, Richmond. So that's the kind of uh, behavior that I think I certainly have seen from Delta. Some other examples, obviously, were the 
doing away with the uh, discounts for NRAs after the Parkland mass NRA members after the Parkland massacre. But I just uh, I just had to didn't see it in the setting the tone from uh, this uh, CEO on his action, uh, Matt. And I just don't think that uh, that really is going to resonate with uh, not only corporate Delta, but uh, the greater corporate America. Um, well, let me pick up first on your example from the fifth graders. I'm going to get back to Ed Bastian in a minute or two. But I had not heard that story from the fifth graders, although I think that is great. But what struck me about it is that shows employees at Delta are engaged. They're thinking about what the company could do to help the flying public. I love what you said, that like that is their ultimate constituency, not just Delta shareholders, Delta flyers, but the flying public. Um, but how would CEOs get their employees to be thinking in those terms? How would they be thinking, um, you know, keeping their head in the game, seeing opportunities to, you know, frankly, do the good thing for the flying public? And, hey, it also makes Delta look good, too. Everybody wins. Isn't this lovely? How do you get employee engagement like that? I'm sure that CEOs spend a lot of time thinking about that. Um, you get that when employees feel like they have a partnership with this company, whatever this company is. Um, I don't know much about Delta. I have heard good things about Delta. I do fly on Delta a lot. I've never had any bad experiences with them. So I'm not surprised that maybe Delta does have a good culture. But the culture is a two-way street between employees who are not cynical, not disengaged. They are engaged. How do you get them to do that? How do you get them to know that they can trust if they see an opportunity and seize it? Management is going to be there to help them take advantage of it. Um, you do that by modeling some good leadership. And I guess, I assume, that Ed Bastane does this. Now, let me get back to the specific thing about putting his family first. Um, I see your point that when you, the most important person in the country takes a meeting for you, you have to show up for it. Like, I get that at a theoretical level. In the real world, I go with the principle that most things are mostly the same most of the time, and I don't, think Bastian's uh, presence there was going to be critical to this or not. He had two other people who were going to back him up on this. They did take their best shot at it. Didn't necessarily work. Okay, that's fine. That's life. But really, would things have been very different if he had taken that meeting for Delta? I don't think so. Um, and so therefore, I think, you know, okay, he went on a planned vacation with his family. Um, the president's schedule is far more unpredictable, no matter how unpredictable the actual president is. The presidency is an enormously unpredictable schedule. These things happen all the time, that meetings crop up that are inconvenient for others. You know, so your point there, would a employee at Delta who requested a meeting with the CEO, would he or she blow it off to go on a long fam planned family vacation? Would Ed Bastian be upset about that? He might be, but... I mean, honestly, I kind of think that is much less likely to come up because, you know, in relative terms, a CEO has more free time than a president and an employee has more ability to plan a long-term vacation and kind of let the CEO scheduler know, I won't be free on this week, can we work around it? Like, I don't see that that is a, as big of a deal. I don't see that as much of a hill worth uh, fighting over as 
the greater principle at stake here that we are all humans. We have to trust each other that we are humans and we kind of get it. How would you actually get it? By looking at a CEO who takes an action and not just says, family first, that's important, but God help you if you skip the meeting that you want because you have a vacation. I'm going to fry your ass. Um, I think that would be terrible. And I think if Ed Bastian did not give some sort of freedom to other employees to put things above corporate performance from time to time, I'm not saying they have to abuse it, but be aware that there are things more important than corporate performance. He was. I think employees would see that. They would get it. So when others from Delta, like, say, an ethics and compliance function, come around and say there are some things more important than corporate performance and we really mean it, his gesture here of putting his family ahead of work, um, they employees would be able to see that and say, okay, I know at least in some circumstances this must be true because Ed Bastian did it. I hope they're not going to be jerks and deny my personal little world the same ability to put something else ahead of corporate performance. Um, I think if Bastian was blowing off a meeting with the president, I, I don't even really like using the term blowing off, but skipping a meeting with the president, if he were skipping it, but holding employees to a much less, a much more merciless standard of performance at all costs, that would be terrible for corporate culture. This is really about setting an example that people can see and understand, and then be able to derive some bigger principles from it about what is important within an organization. Performance is always going to be one of the important things, but it is not always going to be the most important thing. That's what Bastien showed there, and if he showed it there once, others within Delta could show that there are other things also more important than performance at any cost at other times. Um, it's about I think building a sense of trust within employee within your employee base and among employees. Um, I, I have a counter example we could get into from a different company that also made the news the other week and I think did something that uh, blew a hole in their corporate trust. But I'll put that aside right now. But that's that would be my response to your response to my original post. <laughs> No, go with the, let's talk about the next example. So the other thing that caught my eye was uh, Lowe's, the home improvement people, not the theater movie chain people. Um, Lowe's last week, I think it was, or maybe the week before, announced that it would be laying off thousands of workers. Um, how many thousands? We don't know. Uh, in the grand scheme, that's probably not a lot for Lowe's because they employ roughly 300,000 people. But they did say they would be laying off thousands of um, employees, including some very long-time employees, who were like basically assembling products for you that you buy at Lowe's. When you buy a grill or a wheelbarrow or patio furniture or something else, and you can't put it together correctly, that would certainly be me. Um, Lowe's had an employee team that would uh, put these things together. And then Lowe's said, we're going to outsource all of that to a third party. And then they said, um, we will give these people who are losing their jobs the opportunity if they want to try to reapply for other jobs elsewhere. And you get two weeks of severance pay, regardless of how long you have worked there. Now, I think anybody who has been laid off, that would be me, 
Um, you know, you know that that's kind of a jerky way to behave. It doesn't feel right. I get the economic necessity of it. I'm not necessarily faulting Lowe's for deciding to do something cheaper. And besides, in 10 more years, it's going to be the robots doing this anyways for all of us. But my point is more the unpredictability of this for Lowe's employees that harms the ability of employees to trust in the company. And we talk an awful lot about employees trusting in the company, consumers trusting in the brand, you're going to do the right thing. That is a maddeningly vague phrase, and we all know it, but also we know it when we see an action that kind of acts against corporate trust. And this struck me as one of those things. Um, in fact, I'm a bit of a etymology geek about where words come from. So I looked up, where does the, did the word trust actually come from? Um, a thousand years ago, it came from the Nordic word trost, which means help, protection, and support. And it is a mix also of a Gothic word trosti, which means agreement and alliance. And I like that point, that trust is somewhat of a two-way street here. And I, the employee, I will trust the company to be, try to do things and bring some stability to me. I will therefore try to do what you tell me to do, including things like look out for the company rather than myself. Because maybe if I'm looking out for myself, I do want to commit a bribery of a foreign official. Maybe I want to fix a contract. Maybe I want to steal some data. I don't know. But if I feel like there is no trust from the, empl the employer that I, you know, I've got no idea if I'm going to be uh, still employed or not, if my economic security is in jeopardy all the time, then I'm going to be looking out for number one, and that's me, and I might do these things. Um, whereas, if the company is giving some investment and showing some trust in me, I would be more likely also to trust it and do the right thing as it defines in me. Um, so I was just struck by the contrast of these two actions at the same time. Um, here we have Delta, their CEO, taking an action that everybody can see and appreciate, and it sets a precedent that there are probably other things employees could do that are more important than performance as well. Um, and here we have another company, Lowe's, that is throwing thousands of employees into a very precarious situation with very little notice, very little compensation, um, and they're probably feeling very vulnerable and untrusted, untrusted, or uh, what's the word? I suppose Lowe's has demonstrated to them that it is an untrustworthy partner. And if you are not trusting your employer to do things by you, like you, it becomes very easy to justify, therefore I can look out for number one myself. And that, that's a terrible attitude to, to have. And once that infection takes root in your organization, like ethics and compliance officers are going to pull their hair out over fighting something like that. So Matt, that's a, that's a great, uh, I think, point to make. And uh, if I could tie it perhaps back to the uh, Department of Justice's 2019 Corporate Compliance Program Evaluation released in April, where there was a, a large section uh, specifically around corporate culture. And they didn't use the word trust, but mm -hmm. they used the word culture. And it seems to me that trust is a huge component of your overall corporate culture. And if you have lack of trust because uh, management has really gone out of its way, and it sounds like Lowe's did in this situation, to destroy that trust, 
you're going to have a wide, much wider variety of problems uh, than simply lack of trust because if employees don't feel like the corporation really gives a hoot about them, that's when I think uh, fraud and other conduct uh, begins to percolate up, leading to uh, much more serious conduct. So it's absolutely a bedrock yeah. of your employment relationship. Um, having uh, grown up in the great state of Texas and been employed here uh, my professional life, um, that's actually not something that's part of the culture here. Uh, we're an at-will at state, and it's drummed into you from day one. You could be fired any time for any reason or no reason. So um, it, it's it, it's difficult for me to, to conceive of a situation where you actually would have that from your employer, but I do understand that there are places outside of the great state of Texas that do employ um, such uh, strategies, tactics, and techniques to treat their employees a little bit better, and I think that uh, the way you've articulated is absolutely spot on. Well, you know, to be fair, Massachusetts also is an at-will state, and uh, you can be fired at any time, and that would be me too in my long and checkered employment career. Um, But just because an organization can legally do this, uh, throw uh, employees out to the wolves with very little notice um, and leaving them in a very vulnerable situation, yeah, legally that's fine. That that does not mean it's ethical. It does not mean it's wise. Um, and I wonder about you know if the juice is worth the squeeze for Lowe's here because all the other employees are going to be seeing that and say, well, if that happened to Joe in that department, it might happen to me someday in my department. And now it's eating away at the trust. It's eating away at the culture. Um, you know, looping it back to Ed Bastian at Delta, I would not say that his deciding to spend a week with his family on a long planned vacation, that doesn't necessarily show that he is looking out for the employee base or anything like that, but it does show that he has an awareness that there is this other thing out there called life. And occasionally it is good to partake in it, even if that means putting corporate corporate performance aside is what you have to do. And if if there are some things that are more important than corporate performance, there must be other things that are more important than corporate performance. Uh, it is one act that I think people could seize upon if you are an ethics and compliance officer looking for real proof from your CEO to show that they're human beings, they get it, they get that there are things better and bigger than just meeting your quarterly numbers or work, 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 and then you die. Um, you know, you want to look for those opportunities and those actions, not words, not speeches, not corporate policies, actual things, actions that CEOs have done. This would be one that you could hang your hat on to say, you know, you kind of riff on it from there to show that there are things more important to the company than pure financial and operational success. Um, Because the company does, all companies have this nasty habit of being populated by human beings and we're stuck with the way human beings feel and act. And I just thought it was a very good gesture. It's the sort of thing that people get and employees will listen to. And if you get employees noticing and listening on one occasion, they're more likely to notice and listen on other occasions, and then you might actually be able to tell them something, and they might listen and learn, and everybody might win. So I, that, that, that was just my point with uh, Ed Bastian. And Lowe's, on the other hand, we'll, we'll see what happens to them. So I guess from the customer perspective, I'm sort of with you. Uh, who's going to put my grill together? And are they going to lose my business now because uh, they're going to give it to me in a box? Uh, Answer, yes. Uh, 
Well, apparently there's going to be some third party, I don't know, Grill Assemblies Inc. Uh, that's going to go in and do this for you. Because Lord knows if I have to do it myself, I'm going to burn down all of my whole hometown. So somebody's got to do it for me. That's for sure. All right, Matt. Well, uh, a great example of some culture issues. Thank you, Tom. So as I noted, this was a pretty somber episode, and there are a lot of somber issues for you to consider in this podcast. So uh, I hope you will uh, think about these things from the compliance perspective. Prepare yourself and your company as best you can. Um, Think about policies and procedures that you need to have in place to apply. Uh, Some of the topics uh, we've discussed in this podcast, obviously, active shooter drills are now a mandatory part of every corporate training. So uh, make sure your training function is telling people what to do in that situation. And if you work in a building, um, you might actually talk to the building about that as well. So um, Matt and I will be back next week with hopefully a little more cheery topic on Compliance into the Weeds. Compliance into the Weeds is a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.